Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. It's been really good so far this morning, hasn't it? Yeah? I feel like God's really been doing something, and I hope that as we continue through the rest of today, we're going to see God do more, and we're going to, we're going to feel like God is speaking to us about some uh, a really amazing things. So please, please uh, like dig into this message, dig into everything that's coming afterwards. We're going to do things a little bit differently at the end, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been really blessed to, to be able to tie off this parable series, and um, if you're anything like me, you will have had loads of things that, that you've like you picked up from the last couple of months' worth of messages, that you actually think, man, I need to really apply that into my life. And uh, so I hope that, um, that, yeah, this can be one more thing that we can take into the coming weeks and months and hopefully can shape our future. Is that all right? Yeah? yeah? Okay. So, um, as I, well, I feel like what's happened over the last couple of months is that people have used this as an opportunity to tell a story of their own that doesn't really mean anything towards the message, but they just kind of want to get something off their chest. Um, so I th- I'm going to do the same, all right? Um, because, look, it's been a long time since this has happened, and I still need to process it, and I'm hoping that you can help me do that. Maybe, you know, better out than in. So, so you know when you're 15, 16 years old, you think that the friends that you spend your time with are going to be your friends forever, yeah? Uh, and... I'm really, really privileged to have one of my uh, best friends. Um, he's been through my whole life with me since about the age of four, and I've been really blessed by that. But that's a really rare thing. And the reason being, young people can cause lots of problems, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so I used to go to lots of like parties, and you know, you're at that sort of age where everyone's going out and spending time together. And I had um, a group of friends at the time who, um, they liked to have a bit of a joke. And they said to me, hey Sam, there's a party going on, which I already knew about, and it's fancy dress. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, here we go, right. It's fancy dress. And, you know, as the gullible person I used to be, I used to um, really trust the judgment of the people around me. Um, and... They said, hey, there's a fancy dress party. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Are you sure it's fancy dress? Yeah, we're sure it's fancy dress. And they actually elaborated this lie so much that they all got their own costumes, took pictures, dressed in their costumes, sent them to me to prove that it was fancy dress. And then before they actually went to the party, they got changed again, went to this party, and then I show up dressed like a minion. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I, I go dressed like a minion and, and uh, like, talk about standing out like a sore thumb. That was me. And I feel like my, I've got some trust issues because of that, right? So if you're ever having a party and it's fancy dress, tell me, but I will need written proof and a contract. <laughs> if it's not, that's fine. I'm happy to show up to any, any events, but if it's fancy dress, please. Like, come on, I don't want to repeat this. So anyway, that's my story. And I'm hoping that that will just kind of stay out there forever, and hopefully I'm, I'm healed from that whole journey. Anyway, um, I probably need someone to pray for me afterwards, don't I? Right, we're going to get right into it, because uh, this could go on a, a massive tangent, and I'll probably start crying. So, um, Luke 15, verses 8 to 10, has a parable in it called the lost coin. Can everyone say lost coin? Lost. 
Lost Coin. And this is what it says. It's going to come up on the screen. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're with us this morning. Thank you for the things that you've already started to do in each of us. And I pray that as we delve deeper into your word, that you would speak to us and that you would show us more of, uh, of your glory and how good you are. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, I've got a few things that I want to share this morning. Um, there's um, some like, bits of information. There's, there's a, a couple of challenges to each of us. Um, so it's going to be, it might feel a little bit different, but I'm hoping that we can all end with a time that we can respond to what God is trying to say to us this morning. So please be ready for that. But there will be some things that will also encourage us and, as I said, challenge us. This parable often goes unnoticed because... It's in a, a larger chapter of the Bible, and either end of it are two massive parables that you've probably heard of before. You've got the, uh, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son, sometimes called the prodigal son. And this, this couple of verses that we've just read, it's three verses long, it, that's so easy to get lost in the rest of these two really famous stories that you might have heard of if you've been in church for you know, a little while. And I think that when we, when we look at you know, these few verses, we can often get caught up thinking, man, what can three verses say to me? That it doesn't feel as significant as the big story where we see the character development of, of the son or we see the father's heart um, it, uh, displayed in the, in the shepherd's love for his sheep and he goes after the sheep. Instead, we just see this f- these few verses about someone who's lost a coin and they search the house and they find it and they have a party. And, and it's so easy to kind of get, that, um, to think that way and to kind of just breeze past its importance. But there's so much that I want to bring out of this this morning. The first thing that I want to let you know about is this. God searches for the individual. God searches for the individual. See, I want to draw out the attention that, 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 that I hope you are drawn to as well. The, the, this attention of God Loving people so much. And, and we see his love for us um, in the way that the woman acts in the parable. We see God's passion for people in the way that the woman acts. And when we read it, I guess with the way that we might see the world, um, it's, it's easy to underestimate the effort involved in this woman trying to find this coin. See, at home, Becca and I used to spend all of our time trying to find Becca's house keys. Okay. <laughs> Because Becca's got this uh, amazing, amazing talent of not leaving somewhere the same place twice. And it is the bane of my life. <laughs> please, please pray for me. So what I did at Christmas was I thought, I'm going to buy a gift which is going to be a solution to this problem. And I bought her a little key ring, which means that you can find your keys from your phone and your phone from your keys, hoping that you at least have one of them. If you've got them both in the same place, you, you're still, you know, you've got no hope. So um, what happens is you, you press a button on your key ring and then you, your phone will, will start making a noise or you go on this app on your phone and you press a button and then your keys start making an amazing sound. And, and I think that sometimes we see this parable like that, that, you know, oh, this woman's just lost a coin 
and you know, she, she'll just find it. It's easy to find a coin, you know, like money is important uh, to lots of us. So, you know, we're not going to lose track of that. However, people, the people of the time that Jesus was speaking to, they didn't have that luxury. See, Palestinian houses at the time were usually made of like stone or mud bricks. And uh, there's usually not a lot of natural light, barely any windows, so it would be really dark. And uh, the houses um, didn't have, like, usually didn't have a stone floor. They would usually be, be like a mud or a clay. So it's easy to drop a coin on that floor, maybe step on it, and it gets lost forever because you genuinely cannot find it. It's too dark, and it's, it's completely lost in the ground. So the woman um, has this... Um, this thought, I need to find this coin, it's important to me. So she lights candles and she sweeps around the house and she searches everywhere and she finds it. But we read that the woman searches carefully. And the word um, that in, in the original language that it was written in for carefully is this word, epimelos. Can everyone say that? Epimelos. Epimelos, which means to search diligently. And again, I, I, I kind of feel like we, we hear the word diligently and think, well, yeah, she's looked hard for it. No, I think that the emphasis of that word is saying that this woman didn't just search, you know, hoping that it would show up. She searched to painstaking lengths because she wanted to find this coin. It's more than just a let's hope it turns up sort of attitude. It really matters to the woman. And I think we can see God's heart for us in the same way. That, that God's not just a God who says, oh, let's just see if they show up. Let's see if they walk towards me. No, God is going to search for you to painstaking lengths. And we can see that through the acts of Jesus. We can see that all the way through the Bible, that God loves each of us so much that he's not just going to sit back. No, he wants to be involved. He wants to lead you and guide you. So yeah, the woman's effort to find the coin, it does represent God's love for us. You might be in the darkest possible place where it's really, really hard to find you. But God will get stuck in to redeem you. That's who he is. We might not intend to end up in a dark place. I don't think any of us ever do. No one ever wakes up in the morning thinking, today I'm going to have a bad day. No, we don't think that. We often drift to those places, not on purpose. But God is there searching for you and for me. And he will find you, because he's, he's not giving up. Epimelos. He's going to search diligently for you and for me. God doesn't do damage control. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if I had ten coins, and I was in those days, and I'd lost one of the coins, I'd have thought, you know what, I've got nine, and I'm just going to keep these nine, because I don't want to lose them, and, and I, that, that's my safety. I know I've got 90% of what I started with, and that's a pretty good figure. So I'm going to leave it as it is. But no. What we see is God's heart for for people. You know, it's not just about those who are here. He's going to go after the individual. He's going to go after the individual. Heaven rejoices when a person is found by God. Heaven rejoices. I, I just love that, that image when someone who was lost is found. And we see in that parable, this woman finds this one coin, which is equivalent to about a day's wages, and she invites all of her friends over, and she starts to celebrate finding this coin. And that seems a little bit inefficient and uneconomical. If I found 
uh, that coin, I probably wouldn't invite my friends. If I found Becca's keys, I'm definitely not inviting everyone around because it's an everyday thing, right? But, but God does that for one person. That's exactly the point. It's not about being efficient and economical. It's completely the opposite. God cares about you and me so much that he will go to extra lengths, one, to find you, and two, to, to make sure there is a party in heaven when you are found. That's, that's something that I struggle to get my head around because, man, may, may, maybe that's my attitude. That, you know, oh, well, it's just one. God says, yeah, exactly. The one is important to God. God searches for the individual. He's, he will go after you painstakingly and bring you home. I just love the idea that there's so much cause for celebration when someone finds their relationship in God. When they find their identity, who they really are. And the great thing is that he will do it time and time again. It's for everyone. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for everyone. But we only get there when we realize, actually, God's going after the individual. People with individual stories and backgrounds and experiences. God wants to bring us all in. Here's a challenge that that hit me like a train this week when I was reading this parable. Um, See, we all need Jesus. And Jesus, rightfully so, has a habit of challenging the self-righteous. At the start of the chapter, before we get to any of the parables, it says this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. How easy is it to get jealous? You know, maybe we feel like we're doing it right. We, you know, we're following Jesus really well, but they get the attention. They get the party. And I guess we, Elena uh, touched on that idea when, when we did the uh, parable of the lost son, um, which is also in this chapter. But you might be here and thinking, I've served on the hospitality team for 10 years. Or you might be thinking, I give food to the local food bank every single week. But why do they get the attention and not me? And we build this idea of, man, it's, it's about me. It's, it's this self-righteousness. And Jesus intentionally sits down with those tax collectors and those sinners. And it challenges us. It's not about, it's not about our self-righteousness or how good we are. Because the only reason that we ever find it back to Jesus is because of him. But before we know it, it's easy to become like the Pharisees. We get bitter about other people's success other people's best moments. But if we look at the way that Jesus tells this parable, it's, it's clear to see that the only response to someone who is found by God is celebration. And, newsflash, there is enough celebration to go around. It's not one party. There, there, there is rejoicing in heaven every single time someone finds God. Every time. God's big enough to welcome all of us in. It's not a competition. It's not about how much you give or how much you've got or what you've done. No, no, God is going to search for you regardless of that. And there is a celebration every single time. So instead of getting jealous when people are celebrating their successes, join in. Join in. Celebrate with them. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate it when when someone meets with God. Instead of making it about us, let's make heaven crowded. 
Yeah? Imagine that. If, if instead of it being about me, if, if, if each of us made it about celebrating other people's wins. Because they have been found by God. And if you know what that's like, that's an amazing moment. Let's celebrate it. Let, let's, let's, let's really emphasize that. Let's, let's be people who celebrate when people are found by God. Because that is a moment like no other. People could be in the darkest possible place. And when they are found by God, everything changes. And we should celebrate that. We should celebrate that. Celebrate other people's wins. Because they've just met with the same God who's met with me and met with you. And I want to celebrate that. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you lost? Don't answer that out loud, by the way, because... That, 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 that'll be a lot of conversations. Are you lost? See, if we read all of the parables in Luke chapter 15, the lost son, the lost sheep, and the lost coin, we get this idea that, that generally being lost is for people out there. You know, people are lost out there. You know, the lost sheep wanders off and, and the shepherd goes and finds him and brings him back and the lost son goes away and loses himself in all sorts of ways and and only finds his redemption when he comes back. But the lost coin didn't go anywhere to be lost. And I want to suggest this morning that it's possible to be in the house and still be more lost than ever before. You, you know, you might think, I've not gone anywhere. In fact, people might look at you on the, on the surface and think, nothing's changed. It's the same old you. You know, the, the faithful servant, the person who gives their best. You might be involved in a team. You might be serving in all sorts of different ways. You might be really getting involved in this group. And I would recommend that you would do that. Or you feel like God is just not there. It's possible. You might feel like there's something missing or that God just doesn't want to speak to you. Or there's other people who can do what I do better than me. So what's the point? But, you know, you might continue to show up and keep doing what you're doing. But we're actually lost. We're walking around in circles. We're not going anywhere. We're in a really dark place and we feel like nothing will find us. And it's possible to be lost in the house. And yes, people can, and I would say people are lost everywhere. But also, I can guarantee that there is a sense of loss in this room. Just by a law of average. We, we can all be lost in the house. But I guess we hear the stories of the people who have strayed away and that they receive their redemption and it seems like this massive transformation. But we build that narrative. It's all out there. If I'm in here, I'm not lost. But you might feel it. Even if it doesn't look like you're lost. You know, you're in a community of people that, who care about you. But there's just something missing. But I want to encourage you today that redemption happens wherever Jesus is. Redemption happens... Wherever Jesus is. It's not a within the church walls kind of deal or outside of the church walls kind of deal. Jesus, wherever he is, there is redemption. He's chasing after you. He's chasing after you. See, rejoicing when someone repents and turns away from their old ways to follow Jesus, it's not just for new people or people who have decided to recommit after a long time. It's for all sinners who repent. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
So that means that it's for all of us. There is redemption for all of us. There is a way out of being lost for all of us. It's not just for them out there or people who have had this, um, like this radical transformation story. No, it's for all of us because we are all sinners who fall short of God's glory. It's just how it is. So you might feel really lost in, in the way that maybe you just feel spiritually cold or you've lost your mojo. Becca and I went away in um, April and we stayed in a caravan and... Caravans in April are cold, right? Um, the caravan was lovely, but I, did a, I made a bit of a blunder. So we turned the boiler on, and there was no screen on the front of the boiler, but there was this naked flame that decided to appear, and I thought, fire, blow it out, right? Yeah, yeah, fire, blow it out. So I blew out the fire. Turns out it was the pilot light for the boiler. <laughs> And for the next three days, we had Baltic freezing water. We had to go to the local swimming pool to get a shower because we couldn't fix the boiler and it completely shut down on us. And maybe you kind of feel like that. See, Becca won't let me actually forget about that. That's a, that's a daily conversation. Do you remember when? Yes, I, I, I do remember, right? But maybe you feel like someone's just kind of gone to, gone to your fire, that, that thing that's burning inside of you, that passion, that, that sense of warmth and belonging and just gone... Maybe you just feel like, man, my warmth is gone. I feel cold. I feel lost. Maybe you just feel like your fire's been put out. And I want you to know today that whatever place you're in, whether, you're, whether you feel like you're miles away or whether you're in this place right now and you just feel lost, there is redemption for you. There is more for you. See, Isaiah 43, verse 19 says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God's not done with you. God's never going to be done with you. Instead, he wants to guide you into a future where you can walk with him. God is not done. See, when you feel lost... I want you to know this morning that God is searching for you. We see that in the parable, the way that the woman searches around her house. It's dark, it's messy, but she lights a candle and she's sweeping around and she searches until it is found. She's not going to stop. And that's what God is saying to you today. I'm not going to stop because I'm not done. You might feel like you're lost, but I'm going to search until you are found. You're going to be brought back to where you belong. And there's a cause for celebration when that happens. So be ready for that. As I said at the start, I want to offer the opportunity for people to respond to this. You know, God is searching for us. He wants us to find our belonging in him. He's not going to settle for us just being somewhere and being lost. No, he's going to search for you. So I, I, I would love it this morning if you could think about this. Are you going to allow yourself to be found? Because we could be lost all day. But actually, if we don't allow ourselves to be found, it's going to be a, a long old time being lost. Becca and I were with um, some friends the other day, and we're really blessed to be godparents to their son. He's called Seb. And um, we were chatting away, and Seb 
decides just to run over into the corner of the room and hide behind this curtain. And when a one-year-old says, let's play giant peekaboo, you play giant peekaboo, right? So, so we go up to this curtain, and, and he's, hi- he's hid behind this curtain, and then we move it away, and, and he just starts beaming with joy. There's so much joy on his face. And then we would put the curtain back in front of him, and then he would hide away, and then we would move it away again, and just the joy was, I, I, I wish I could be that joyful all the time. Honestly, the smile was, uh, it, it's, it's like imprinted, it's like a core memory, just seeing how joyful he was. And I really felt God say something to me in that moment, that there is more joy than we could possibly know or imagine in being found by God. There is more joy than we could ever know in being found by God. God is searching for you, and if you allow yourself to be found, if you play the game, essentially, and say, hey, I'm here, but I'm going to hide behind this, but I'm here, and God's saying, hey, I'm coming for you, and when, when that curtain is removed, and you are found by God, there is so much joy in finding your belonging with him. He's searching for you. And when you allow yourself to be found, I want to let you know that there is hope, there is acceptance, and there is joy. Maybe we can learn something from this to allow ourselves to be found by God. Instead of maybe being comfortable and hiding away. Maybe you're happy where you are, not not doing much and being lost where you are. Because it's what you know. It's easy because we're comfortable with that. Maybe that's what we want from, from this season. But there is so much more joy than you could ever realize when you are found by God. Allow yourself to be found. So I want to offer an opportunity for all of us, I guess, to respond this morning. And as I was preparing this, um, I felt prompted to speak directly towards two groups of people. The first group is um, for people who are really in need of Jesus. You need a saviour. Maybe you've never heard about God before. Maybe you've walked into church for the first time ever or the first time in a while and, man, like, this is difficult, but I know that I need a saviour. I've heard about this Jesus. I've heard about this God that loves me so much that he's going to go after me. I need that. Maybe that's where you are right now. And maybe you, you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time or you want to recommit because it's been a long time. There's going to be an opportunity for you to respond. The second group of people that I felt prompted to speak to this morning was for those who are in the house, you're in church, you're doing the church stuff, but you just feel lost. And that might be so many of us, it might be a few of us, I don't know, but maybe you just feel really lost this morning. And I want to let you know that that God is searching for you. He's lit his candle and he's sweeping around the house and he's trying to find you. Allow yourself to be found. If either of those things resonated with you, then I want you to know God's not done with you and he's searching for you. He already knows where you are, but allow yourself to be found. Participate in it. And maybe allowing yourself to be found looks like forgiving yourself for that thing that happened a while back. Maybe that looks like letting go of some habits or people who aren't good for you. One thing that stops a lot of us from being found is we count ourselves out. God doesn't want to speak to me. Why would God want to speak to me? My, my heyday was back then. That's when everything was good and I look back at those moments and I think, man, didn't God do some really cool things then, 20 years ago? 
40 years ago. God's not done. He wants to repurpose you. He wants to pull you out of that, the, the ground and, and he, wants to, he wants to give you a polish and he wants to show you that he cares. He's going to bring you back into where you belong. Maybe you think you're too old or you've made too many mistakes or you're still dealing with sinful habits. But God's heart for you is to return to him. Plain and simple. Allow yourself to be found by God. And that means turning to God on a Monday morning when you're in a meeting and you really want to tear someone's head off. Right? Because we've all had those moments. Or well, maybe it's, it's when you're just having a really bad day. Turn to God. Bring him in. Maybe you're having the best day ever. Bring him in. Allow yourself to be found in the good and the bad. Embrace the joy that comes with letting God into your life. This hope for the future that things are going to be good. And if they're not good, God's not done. And if they are good, the best is yet to come. There's enough rejoicing in heaven to go around for all of us. There's enough redemption for all of us today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. And I want you to know this morning that wherever you're at, however you feel, there is redemption for you. God's looking for you. And there's just as much redemption for people who have never met Jesus as there is for people who have known Jesus for a long time. Because God's mercies are new every morning. And his grace is sufficient for you and for me. Whatever's going on, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My love is sufficient for you. Allow yourself to be found this morning. So if you feel like you fall into one of those two groups that I mentioned, um, we're going to pray. Can I ask you all to stand if you're able? Is that all right? We're going to go to a time of worship in a minute, but we're just going to pray. And if you want someone to pray with you, you don't need to say how you're feeling right now, but if you want someone to pray with you, if, can, like, can you be really brave and just raise your hand? And, and if you really need prayer, someone around you, take a look around. If you are near someone with their hand raised, go and pray with them. Stand with them. If you also want to come down to the front, front and be prayed for, then we, we can make that happen too. If you want to be prayed for, either raise your hand and someone will come and pray, pray with you or come down to the front and someone's going to be there for you. I don't know what's going on in each person's lives in, in this room, but I know that God does and he's searching for you and he's never going to stop searching for you. He loves you way too much. You are significant to him. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.